you're listening to the Google Ads Podcast, brought to you by Solutions 8, the Google Ads agency. I just started tweeting, by the way. I started a week ago, and this morning, I've had a spectrum of experiences. I posted Uh this thing about how I don't think people should go to college anymore. And I had a lady. I support that, by the way. I support that 100%. And you got, what, like a master's, doctorate, triple PhD? Master's in electrical and computer engineering, guys. And I looked at brain scans. I could tell you if a person has dementia or Alzheimer's just by looking at it. Yeah, Dr. Khan. So what's funny is I posted this thing on Twitter, not thinking too much of it. Like the advice I'm getting in the training I'm doing is just like, be yourself, post your opinions, whatever. Mm-hmm. And so I post this thing and this woman starts in on me about how I'm raising my children. So I got, yeah, I got like super, and I don't like it when people don't like me because I have no self-esteem. On one end, I had this horrible conversation with this lady who's like attacking my parenting. But then I ended up having this conversation with this guy, Chandler, who disagrees with everything I'm saying, mm-hmm. but it's a super productive, really kind, like, actual discussion which I crave that uh-huh. type of thing so i don't know man twitter's hard it's there's pros and cons i have opinion too but here <laughs> let's not hit twitter all right so you two are obviously not john right but john is what is he doing he's rv the bootleg version of john yeah john is on an rv trip no. somewhere. what is he doing I- john's on an rv trip so i brought in two of our strategists to come and when i say i brought y'all in you volunteered because i posted in our strategy thread he offered me dinner, guys. I was a bride. That's what it was. Hashtag ramen noodles. So we're going to get into that. We've already got some questions dropping. Jason James is here. What's up, Jason? Archie Jeter. Archie says, what are your thoughts on creating two feeds, one for standard, one for Pmax, for the same products, different IDs, so they don't cannibalize each other? That's actually really smart. Somebody tell me why that won't work. It will work and because you'll be taking up two spots on this shopping network. You'll be double serving, but I've seen it work well and by people in the US too. There was a strategy that was being run a year ago, and I don't know how effective it is anymore, where people would take their best performing products, duplicate them, and launch ads campaigns for them again. So this is kind of like what he's doing here. The only thing I'd recommend here is make sure you have GTINs so you can share the data across products. That was gonna be my question. If you have GTINs and they're similar across products, won't that be the indication Google needs in order to not double spend? No, no, because technically they're different products. They're going to have different ideas. It's just going to be the same product because there's going to be a bunch of people with the same product. Like if you're selling a Dell laptop, it's going to have the same GTIN. If you're selling it, FA selling it, and I'm selling it. But would Google serve the same GTIN from the same account? I feel like they should have a safeguard there. That's a really good idea, Archie. That's a good one. I'd be interested to see what happens if you try that. That's a good test. Yeah. I actually think it would work out, especially because you'd have keywords for it and you could use the typical standard shopping approaches yeah i forgot to let this question flash so i did that ryan here says happy friday gentlemen college is still great for binge drinking that's so funny because <laughs> it's true that's the only thing i missed out on college was i feel like i would have had fun it's a great place to make friends that's the only thing i have like go to college make some lifelong friends and then yeah do. well and dude depending on where you go to college like, if you go to college in stanford like you're probably friends with the next president you know what i mean so <laughs> the networking is probably president with like a future ceo of some company right. somewhere yeah uh-huh. Uh, hola todos. Arms of Andes is here. Ryan says, started a PMAX campaign on Wednesday. Congrats. 100 asset nice. groups. Right. With $650 a day budget, nice. we've received nearly two months worth of impressions in two days, but only one conversion and terrible CTR. Is this normal? Yeah. Give it a couple of days. Like, it's been two days, right? Yep. From what we heard from Google, like you have to give Weeks. it like six months. Three weeks. Especially if it's a brand new account, give it a while. Oh, because they don't trust yeah. you. Like yeah. there are too many indicators. Google is going to test seven channels. Am I showing seven? This is too- <laughs> You're just too narrow. 
Let me see if I can. Yeah, just send this right on the left. If they call you have the seven right. channels and different kind of people, so it's going to start by like, should I use display? Should I use YouTube? Should I use shopping? Mm -hmm. So it's going to go wild. You're going to see some unrelated, unrelevant keywords in your search themes. Mm -hmm. But give it some time. I consider your conversion lag also two days. It's just too new. Yeah. And what is the attribution model also? If you're running a first click, and uh, if you had smart shopping campaigns from previous, those new conversions can end up in your past smart shopping or your old campaigns. You should check that also. Was this was Ryan's question? Because Ryan just said it isn't a brand new account. We've had smart shopping running for a few months with around a consistent OS. Ryan, wait it out. If you're running it at the same budget as before and smart shopping was working well, let it run for a couple of weeks before you make a judgment call on it. Ryan also added some context. He said, also, we sell other goods for Apple products. And we have a lot of limited assets due to headline descriptions containing trademark phrases yeah. like iPhone or Apple. Is there a way around this? Nope. Yeah, especially not with Apple. Th those spell Apple a different way with one P. That's <laughs> <laughs> so, so funny, though. Arms of Andes. Freecom brands, we're running a hyper-segmented PMAX campaign now with our summer shirts. When winter comes, should we add a new asset group or run a separate PMAX campaign with our winter jackets? I don't have a direct answer for that because we're testing the different change in seasonality. We have a couple of accounts that we're launching new PMAX depending on the season and another a couple of accounts that where you just create a new asset groups. I think, this is my personal opinion now on this because we don't have direct numbers to show this. I think the, the same campaign with the new asset groups or even swapping out images and some ad copy is going to work for you better than a completely new PMAX campaign. And the reason I say that is because your audience is generally going to be the same if you're running a brand. You just have different products. Yeah, to push in sense. different seasons, I will run the same Performance Max campaign also, but I would try to guide it with the supplementary campaign. So if you're running in winter, so let's say you started selling jackets, so I would create some pro TCPA or DSA campaigns for those winter products to push those search terms inside of Performance Max. Good advice. Jason James, what's y'all's opinion on running standard shopping campaigns when PMAX isn't performing? Do it. Standard. <laughs> you still have time. Why standard? No, that's what I was going to say. If PMAX doesn't perform, what other options do you have? Yeah, exactly. Because smart is gone. So you, if PMAX doesn't perform, it's more or less doesn't necessarily mean the shopping network isn't performing. It could be a mixture of shopping being working fine, but the others not so well, right? Because your products are working well on one network. It doesn't necessarily mean it's going to work with a 3x ROAS across the board on all networks, right? So if your PMAX, no matter what you try, doesn't work, go for the the more standard approaches we have. I know we preach PMAX, but that doesn't mean you got to stick to it all the time. I'm about to say something that's going to make me just sound like a freaking indoctrinated Google puppy. If PMAX fails, my first assumption is going to be that you didn't run it right. I would check and test. Did I make changes too early? Did I add a T row as when I shouldn't have? Have I updated anything in the campaign that reset learning? You know what I mean? Like make sure you are a thousand percent sure that you actually ran PMAX and gave it a, an adequate, I mean, did you spend enough money? Did you wait enough time? Those are the two really mm -hmm. big ones. And then if that's the case, there are campaigns where PMAX fails. And yeah. what John has told me, and I think what these fellows do too, is then we do lean into traditional campaigns and there's yeah. a bunch of them. Yeah. It works really well. We've scaled multiple clients using it, and we've also saved clients using it. But at the same time, it's not going to work every single time for everything. Here's the freaking problem, though. We haven't had a single, not one, legacy. <laughs> Actually, one of you correct me on whether or not this is true. Here's the way that I currently believe the state and nature of the situation to be. We haven't had a single client that we were running that was successful with any other Google ad channel where we turned on PMAX and it didn't work. All of our legacy clients, PMAX worked. 
the only failed PMAX campaigns we had were new clients. Yeah. And all that tells me is once Google has cracked the code on where these people are, it's PMAX that's going to scale it. What I've noticed, and I'm going to just build on your point, if your account has enough data and enough data across multiple campaign types, right? So if you've been running search, if you've been running only shopping, PMAX is going to take a little bit while to pick up. But if you've been running shopping, search, remarket, dynamic ads, YouTube, and all that stuff, your PMAX will go up like this. That's what I've noticed. Like if your account is already running a bunch of different campaign types, your PMAX picks up immediately, almost instantly, if that makes sense. No, that doesn't make sense. Jason is saying, I can tell you everything we did right. It just failed, which Jason, we've said that happened with new what campaigns. Is the volume? What, is, what is the previous performance? So John is running big companies, right? So when he tests something, hey, I put 5K in this campaign, uh, 5K a day. After three days, it just skyrockets. And sometimes people don't have that option. So when you launch something, it cannot take off, but you should give it time and you should consider your budget. You should consider your industry and especially you should consider your demand. So uh, I have multiple cases performance max is profitable to a point let's say 300 dollars per day if i push 400 the demand is not enough so it cannot harvest demand anymore so what it does it goes on more youtube more display so the ROAS goes down and we have to pull back so that's the case jason says it's gym gear they spend 300 dollars a day and they had a hard cutoff in february to change to performance max so it sounds like they kind of ripped the band-aid off but smart shopping was performing that's oh, the yeah. one thing if smart shopping is performing and pmax didn't perform that sounds like there's something that needs to be dug into there yeah definitely we used to get 10 to 20x roas but pmax never got above 5x that's a first yeah and this is going to sound more combative than i mean for it to be james mm -hmm. that would be the first time we've seen that out of 200 accounts if smart shopping is performing pmax performed Jason, you might want to check your try different creatives, change up your ad copy a bit, because usually those are the main factors in the PMAX. Your listing group is just going to stay the same, which means your shopping ads are going to be the same as they were in your smart shopping campaign. So that's not going to change. The only other influencing factors are your ad copy and your, what do you call it, pictures and videos created. How long have you been running PMAX? Jim said, Jason said he did all that. How long did you let it run, Jason? Yeah. How long did you let it run untouched? Uh, what is the price rate? What is the average order value for you? If it's too high, because the smart shopping is oh, heavily yeah. remarketing. Right? It's 80% remarketing, 20% new users. If mm -hmm. it's high, then you have to hit more remarketing campaigns. You should sub supplement it with the DSA, dynamic remarketing display, and remarketing YouTube. That's so actually, what is, that is actually put a really good point, Jason. What's your average order value? Two to two three K. K. All right, two, two to three K. It's not like you cannot expect Performance Max to work that immediately with that kind of average order value because you have to hit so many times in somebody's heavy remarketing before selling it. Mm -hmm. The PMAX is 80% new users, 20% remarketing. So we've uh, actually kind of seen this with just to build up on what FA saying and James saying. So for very high order value clients, it is hard for PMAX to pick up because if you're trying to sell something for that's two to three K, people are going to need to see it a lot more than just 20% new times, right? Which is why well, it's a smart purchase a four week. If dynamic marketing is on for four weeks, if your sales cycle is a week, then mm -hmm. dynamic marketing was on for three weeks. And I don't think that's a long enough test. I think dynamic marketing yeah. PMAX is going to if, at least address mm -hmm. some of the issues we're talking about here. What is it, the conversion like? But just to build on it, if you really want to leverage the PMAX change, you got to let your remarketing run longer and you got to get every shape form of remarketing you can to run in parallel with PMAX, which includes dynamic, DSA, YouTube, discovery, whatever you can think of. Because you're going to need multiple touch points for something 
like that. He said, I think you're right, Osama. Arms of Andes. Recom, what's the correct way to run one search campaign only alongside one hyper-segmented PMAX campaign? Do we start off dynamic or with a TCPA? Just run a DSA. DSA. Simple. Easy. Just run a DSA. Just run a DSA. Let it run wild for a couple of days or a couple of weeks and put a TCPA on it. David Morgan. Hey, guys. My first PMAX campaign I launched 45 days ago has spent about 5K and is at a 12 ROAS, which is great. But should I be increasing my CPA so it spends more? Is it okay to add more asset groups? Well, you spent 5K in 45 days, which makes me assume your budget is maybe like 50, 60 bucks a day. You have 12 asset groups. Wait, how many asset groups did he say he had? He didn't. How many asset groups do you have, David? I'm going to assume not enough. But if you have little asset groups, let's say 10 to 12, keep it at that until you're able to scale your campaign to spend maybe $200, $300 a day. Because guys, if you create too many asset groups and your budget doesn't support it, it's not going to work. Your budget has to support the number of asset groups you create. Because remember, you're testing, I don't know, if you have 20, you're testing 20 asset groups with $50 a day in spend, which isn't ideal, right? In your case, if you're hitting a 12 ROAS without touching the campaign, I'd start increasing your budget by 15, 20% every two to three weeks, depending how well your campaign reacts. And expect the performance to dip every time you adjust the budget. It's going to go down and then it's going to take a couple of days just staying down and then it's going to slowly come back up to back where it was or close to it. Good advice. Dave Fogel says he's given up PMAX. We still love you, Dave. <laughs> Cortland Maxfield, been diving deep into Google Ads from zero knowledge the past month. What is the best way to become proficient in Google Ads and where did y'all start? Ready to work hard, but wanting direction. Man, this is a good question for you guys. It is, and I've got the perfect answer for it, and you're going to love it. Go to the Solutions at YouTube channel, find the first video, and just go. <laughs> There's so much in there. <laughs> Start from the top and work your way down. <laughs> yeah. There's so much in there. You'll learn a thing or two. Maybe not from Gossin, but from John and everybody else, you'll probably learn. That's what I tell people. I'm like, go watch John's videos. My videos, I just watch John's videos. Or I watch what John says internally or in Slack or in company meetings, and then I shoot videos on that. We used to have courses, Cortland, and I'd gift you those courses, but they're all so freaking out of date. Yeah. Dude, here's the problem. We launched an e-commerce masterclass in October, and then PMAX launched in November. So I was just like, all right, we're, we're done the course we're game. We're done. Yeah. You should start with Google's uh, free uh, certificate. Just so you know how not to do it. I'll Google tell you, you know, Google certification, though, it's great with nomenclature. They do a good job teaching you the dashboard, teaching you the verbiage. Mm -hmm. But don't yeah. trust what Google teaches you. Yeah. yeah. But just learn. Just learn the terminology. Like you cannot jump into John's videos without knowing your way around Google Ads. So use yeah. Google Ads certification courses to learn the words, learn the interfaces inside Google Ads, then jump onto videos. And as far as beginner courses are concerned, I think Isaac Radansky's Udemy course is pretty good. Ed Leaks got here ad that's really good for building context and understanding how things work. Yeah, Ed Leaks the Forge, his membership is like I think it's probably the best education out there for Google ads, but I wouldn't call it for beginners. Like you can't open that no, thing up fresh. And not the forge, his God tier ads where he has all those PDFs. He go, he starts from scratch and explains everything pretty well, but yeah, you still need some context and some knowledge before you can start reading and understanding that. We should be right. affiliates for this damn thing for as often as I right. push it out. For e-commerce, I can also suggest a store grows. That guy is amazing. Store grows. Yeah. Never heard of him. What channel? Where do we go? A blog page, like his own website. Okay. Well, he has case studies, very detailed blog posts. It's amazing. We dropped the link in the chat, FA. All right. Thank you. Store growers. Oh. <laughs> 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 it's yet it worked. Osama's <laughs> heckling me in chat. All right. Next <laughs> question. What the hell? Here we go. Khalid Alamari, 
for a PMAX campaign with T-Roaz, is turning on customer match and account settings will be a good idea? I haven't tested that, to be honest. I'm not going to lie, FA. No idea. Let's test it then. That's the same question next week. <laughs> <laughs> Give us a week to test it. Yeah. <laughs> or you go <laughs> test it and teach us, because we're not sure. Yeah. That's so funny. Arms of Andes. For a clothing e-com, is PMAX worth running along, alone, or should it be run with search and YouTube campaigns? Run it with YouTube at the very least. YouTube. Especially remarketing. Clothing is very all hard things, to take off the ground. Brand. Yeah. Yeah. And with PMAX, you have to run dynamic remarketing, right? Like, there's no way around it because it doesn't remarket. Yep. Cool. David Morgan, do any of you guys use third-party tracking? Yes. David, yeah. we're advisors and investors in a software uh, called Northbeam. So we pimp out Northbeam pretty hard. I've heard really good things about Triple Whale. I think John helped inform the build out of that software, to be honest with you. We don't like Hyro. We don't like anything that uses UTM standalone because UTM is so easy to strip. So Northbeam is nice because it uses multivariant tracking factors that help make sure you're actually capturing all the touches. The thing that I'll say about attribution software specifically is you're never going to get it 100% right. So it's just a guiding light. But we require now all of our e-commerce clients to use Northbeam just because getting a, a read on what's actually happening otherwise, especially if they're using other advertising channels, it's damn near impossible. Would you guys add anything to that? No. no. It's essential. For agencies, it's essential. Like... Toy Snip. We used to get a 68X ROAS in smart shopping. We changed to PMAX TCPA and we are not under 4X. So we're getting many, many, many more orders, but smaller ones. So I have the benefit of having looked at your account Toyshnip and, and the thing, y'all have a great product. The problem is the lifetime value of your customer is going to be low given what it is that you're selling and your average order value is going to be low. What I would be doing if I were you is I'd be, I'd be banging on the LTV button as hard as you can. And I think one of the things that you can do with the type of toys that you're selling, you're learning a lot about your demographic and your avatar. I'd be looking at subscriptions and packages. I got my oh, kid yeah. this science box where we get a different science project every month and then we all get to do that together. I think if you find out somebody likes Batman toys, it's as hard to sell one Batman toy one time as it would be to sell a Batman toy subscription. I'm going to add on to that exactly what Constance said. I'm on the website and if someone comes and buys the toys, they're going to come back and buy another one, 100%. You just got to be in their face when they feel like buying it again. So yep. your remarketing needs to be on point all the time, right? And have like a million different videos. Lego will figure out which one works. A million videos is right. Jason says, Costum's video eight days ago about PMAX told me I was uh, insecure his decision for going back to smart standard shopping. That's funny. I'm talking people out of Performance Max now. Here we go. Michael Ariruguzo. Does adding any asset groups to an existing PMAX campaign reset the learning phase? Somewhat, yes. Because it still has to go test those asset groups. It might work in your favor, it might work against you. If the asset group is good, it'll work in your favor. If it isn't, it'll work against you. It will recover. Your PMAX campaign will recover. It might just take longer. David Morgan, my budget is at 300, but it only spends about 60 a day. I only have one asset group. There's your answer. <laughs> yeah, build as many more asset groups as you can, David, until you actually start spending that money. Do you have a distinctive bidding strategy on that? Did you yeah. start with ECPA, TROAS? And how long have you been running it for? Are you just basing it off like two days of running? Yeah, I dropped that in PMX the chat. takes a little bit to pick up too. Like if you're only spending $60, they give it a couple of days, it'll start spending more too, especially if it's new. Dude, some of the, not our accounts, and I don't know why this is, I don't know if it has something to do with TCP or TROAS being applied, but when I see a new PMAX campaign launch, I always see a massive spike yep. in the beginning and then this, this yep. instant taper. It's always, every single time, it's always massive, clients get super happy and then it goes dip Bam. and then it's like sh 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 very slowly getting back up. And yeah. like every time to the scene, I'm like, tell them they're going to see a massive increase and then everything's going to go to shit. But it's okay. 
<laughs> <laughs> we don't know why this happens, but we know that it happens, so it's fine. Yeah. It starts uh, they, with overhanging fruits and the branded conversions to learn mm. faster. So don't be scared to see a bunch of branded reference. It uses that to learn so by picking up those low-hanging fruits. So if it got excited, since I'm making that much money, I can spend more, I can spend more. So you'll see a spike in spam. And that ends when you exhaust that existing fruits. It's going to start to get new users. That's when you'll see a dip in spend and ROAS. Dave Fogel has an interesting question here. How many asset groups per dollar in spend? So if you have $50 a day, how many asset groups do you have? Whereas if you have $100 a day, how many asset groups do you have? That's a bit bad, that question. Hold on. I, I don't have an SOP for that because like, it depends on the industry. I'm sorry for giving like open answers, but your if your average CPC is around $1 and somebody else's average CPC is around $5, it's completely different SOP. So I don't want to give exact numbers yeah, he's got a point. But let's say in a perfect world, you have good CPs and everything. I'd be like $5 per asset group you build. Michael Arirugozo, is there a way to monitor performance on a PMAX campaign at the individual asset group level? Dude, if we could, here's what I wonder. Why? Why won't they give us this data? It would only help us. There's, you can watch the listing groups in asset group and you can see what keywords converted. But it's so tedious because you have to go into like the insights then you have to click that little 23 asset group button there and then you have to see what converted for that keyword then you go through all the other keyword themes that converted and you got to figure out which one was working so it's extremely tedious to kind of identify which one's working and even then it's not accurate because you don't know the conversion path that followed before mm -hmm. it converted which asset group it went through because we've had that issue where we've turned off asset groups and the campaign just yeah yeah, that's what's frustrating is you don't know what's going to happen. That's the reason Google is not giving that away. Because the more Google gives, the more you are likely to pause or close something. So you may see some conversion inside of some asset groups, but those seems to not working once. Maybe they're creating top of the funnel. And you don't know that. You kill that. Then the asset groups die within. Dave says, I hear the data is coming soon for my Google rep. Dave, if I had a dollar for every damn time a Google rep told me I was about to get something... <laughs> Still waiting on my $5. dollars. Yeah. <laughs> Toy Schnip. Last week, John didn't give a final answer as I think you never tried. What happens if two PMAX are running at the same time? One TCPA and the other two ROAS, will they cancel each other out? Don't do that. Every time we launch two PMAX together. Actually, it varies. Sometimes it works running two. Yeah. Like I won for the hero product. I have to spend a certain amount of money on that. Then the other PMAX is for all of the other products. It's working pretty nice. But that's not the use case for everybody. So you have to think deeply. Yeah, I've only had one use case where I'm running multiple PMAX campaign effectively and profitably, and it's that's it. Every time I've tried to run multiple PMAX campaign, it's been don't work. So I've got a bad idea. Why wouldn't you take your products and split them by margin? You take your high margin products and run all of those TCPA. You take your low margin products and you run all those TROS. Two yeah. separate PMAX. It's stupid. <laughs> it's stupid don't do it it's just take my word for it space. we tried it it didn't work sorry FH. i'll let you speak before campaign. that's mm. the issue so this is what google says 65 percent of the time when people click on a product they buy that but other than that they click on one product <laughs> and they buy something else so let's say in your the product purchases click on something but review other stuff in the tiro as campaigns products but since the initial pmax will 
keep that user it's not going to show the other products to that but that's the reason why sometimes two pmax doesn't work great it's answer Ryan here on one more quick question. Is it possible to see how Google is spending by medium search, shopping, video, et cetera, within a Pmax campaign? You can tell shopping by just doing the num adding up all the numbers in the listing group. YouTube, you can go multiply the number of views in that campaign multiplied by the average CPV. Search, I have no idea. Yeah. Subtract everything else in the remaining is search and display. <laughs> That's so funny. John Rolo, long time we'll see, John. I have six smart shopping campaigns with the same products in each one, one campaign per store. I want to condense the six campaigns in one. What's the best way to go about this all at once? With six smart shopping campaigns with the same products in each one, one campaign per store. So yeah, is the, does that mean about? six stores? Or just centers and six. I'm confused to what is the question here. John, will you clarify what you mean in the subsequent yeah. chat and we'll come back to you? Are you talking six different URLs with six different merchant centers, all with the same products? That you can't do because when you create a smart shopping campaign, you have to select the merchant center. I don't think Google yeah, would the like feed. six merchant centers. Six different merchants that you cannot do that. Yeah, you have to select your feed. Yeah, so you basically just have to kill five of them and pick one. Pick your favorite. Or just launch six PMAPs like he has six smart shopping. Yeah, but he <laughs> wants to combine them. I don't think he can. You have to choose one merchant center. Arms of Andy, what is running remarketing? Could you give me some more info, please, about clothing brands being difficult to get off the ground with Pmax? Clothing, I think this is all you. We love clothing brands. If you let me, I, I'm going to talk about Facebook. So you will get shot by Cosm if you do that <laughs> forbidden word. And <laughs> FA is no longer with us. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's a little difficult because clothing is all about brand recognition because you cannot say my cotton my fabric is better than the other so you have to showcase your products that's why facebook works sometimes better in clothing facebook that's why other networks all right all right we can pimp uh, out facebook it's fine uh so you have to try youtube and you have to push those remarketing and by remarketing we mean dynamic remarketing display ads remarketing youtube ads and rlsa dsa which is and just to add on at this point, control. make sure you're on multi channels when you're doing clothing. Be everywhere Google, Facebook, yeah. Instagram, TikTok. That's going to help you guys more than anything else if you're all over the place. Selling proposition like Louis Vuitton and Zara are not competitors. So that's the example I'm going to give you. You have to select one thing are you quality? Are you brand? Should I buy you because you're cheap? Should I buy you? Because you're gonna make me look like Bougie. rich. Pick a unique selling proposition and highlight that. Yeah, and to the point that FA is making, clothing is hard because it's like any level of artistry is violently subjective. And what I've noticed, this is wildly anecdotal, but I'll just throw this out there and you guys can bat it down if you disagree. All the clothing brands that have been successful with us have been what I would characterize as very unique. Anybody who comes in and I've got generic dresses, t-shirts, jeans, whatever, it's always like, ah, man, this is a shot in the dark unless they have an existing audience. But if they're unique, I saw, and I won't say out loud who this is, but y'all will probably know, we had a dude come in with like the ugliest stuff I've ever seen in my <laughs> entire life. Dude, it was, I was just like, there's no way. It, it killed, it crushed it. And it was because it was the most unique clothing. It was easily identifiable. If we're running remarketing, it's like, oh, there they are again. So I think hyper unique 
anything that has a level of subjectivity or artistry to it, it has to be unique because you need to be able to connect that selling proposition to a unique brand. Yeah, clothing is a little difficult. I think this is the most competitive environment. Think about a shopping mall. I think like if I say 80% of the stores inside of a shopping mall is clothing brands, right? Yep. You have millions of options. So, and you have some brands that are known, like you are in the market for Zara. Let's use Zara. So your clothing, so your designs and pricing are identical to Zara. Why should I use you instead of Zara? So you have to sell me that instead of your clothing. Is mm. it for teenagers? Is it for rich people? Is it for like mid-level people? Is it for people like Osama? College students? Is it for design? Is it mm. for the fabric? Is it for the community? Mm. Choose, choose one. Yeah. yeah, choose your avatar. Amanda Houghton, Freecom, can you have a product in too many asset groups? For example, Vans, all in an asset group, plus Vans old school in another, plus Vans near me in another. Thanks. How can you have products? too many asset groups oh overlap of products between asset groups is fine that's yeah. not an issue and yeah. because the asset groups are delineated by audience usually so as long mm -hmm. as those products are applicable to the audience that you're yeah. targeting inside of the asset group then you're perfectly fine mm -hmm. arms of andes what is the best way to increase ltv and pmax and out of google ads well ltv isn't in pmax per se ltv is once somebody's bought how do you get them to buy again emails retargeting and yeah and Oh, this gets kind of soapboxy, so I promise not to spend so much time here, but love on your customer. I mean, I've, I, we've all had this experience. I bought a pair of sunglasses off of Amazon, and when I opened the box of sunglasses, there was this card that explained the story behind the company, and it was, like, really touching. And then they gave me an opportunity to get a free pair of sunglasses by sharing socially. And then I did that, and then, like, like the engagement was, I don't know, man. Like, I got a kick out of it. I felt like I was dealing with real people and not just another Amazon vendor. And now here I am telling other people about it. You know what I mean? So I think that... You know why I left? Why? I bet they got some copywriter to write that story for them. Well, who cares? I, right? Like, exactly. it's better if it's, if it's real, if it's integrous. But I think mm -hmm. that building a brand is about building a relationship. Go build a relationship yep. with people. Agreed. Dave Fogel says, I'm a genius. He's been saying that. He said that like 20 times already. <laughs> I just keep saying <laughs> David Morgan, I believe in yeah. making too many separate PMAS campaigns with a few asset groups in each. Okay. So each asset group should be completely new and audience signals are duplicate. Unique asset groups, please. Yeah, what we're doing, just see, David, we just built our SOP for PMAX, which we're actually going to share publicly. And what we did is we took every single product category and every single audience. And if you multiply those, that's how many asset groups you have. So if you have five product categories and five audiences, you now have 25 asset groups. Assuming you have the budget to support all that. David, clear this up for me. Are you going to launch five of the same PMAX campaigns? Like build out one and then launch five of the same ones? And have five same campaigns running in parallel. Keep the ones you like, turn off the ones you don't like. That would be an interesting test. Dave Fogel says, I've heard you can call Google and add your negative keyword list. That is true, Dave. We've uh, had that experience directly. The question is, is are we ever going to get it ourselves? Um, not. Dave's got a good Google rep, too. They, they exist. Have you been around for a while, Dave? Because they're from the old school. They don't give those out anymore. Mm -hmm. uh, here we go. Steve Babula. Babula? I did my best. When your PMAX campaign is new, first four to six weeks, is it still recommended to not specify any TROs or any TCPA? Yep. Don't touch it. That was easy. That's it. That, that was easy. easy. Casey Snow, final PMAX campaign with 22 different signals going to landing page with no URL expansion, $100 a day. First week row as on account is up. I see two out of two. Did you guys see one out of two? This looks like yeah. a part. First week row as on account is up. I mean, 
to be my campaign are doing so hard. Where's one out of one? Yeah. Also, really turn on the URL expansion. Time. You'll save yourself a headache. Yeah. Our rule is always turn on URL expansion unless you have a very specific reason not to. Check yeah. the landing pages, though. Yeah. Well, it exclude crap landing pages, too. By crap, we mean about us, policy pages, shipping pages, stuff like that. Yeah, I want to fight everybody who, who cuts out the about us page. I still think that that's valuable yeah. in some contexts. Some. Some. So, yeah. Well, I'll some. give you an example. Yellow leaf hammocks. They've got a badass about us page. That's I think that's no, no, but I feel like people aren't gonna go about us for yellow leaf hammocks. They're gonna come to the website searching for the brand term yellow leaf hammock. And they go to the, then they'll, they'll go to the other that's, page. That's a unique account. Like if I build it out in the first day, show the account built to you, you will fire me. All right. That's a unique <laughs> setup. Like normally I would not suggest those things inside yellow leaf, but it works, so it works. That's why this is a social science, and there are no SOPs. That's so funny. Awesome. Literally just said we're giving out an SOP. F is like well, no here's SOP. the thing about our SOPs. To the point that FA just made is they're very broad. It's an if this then that rules engine that doesn't tell you exactly what to do once you've gotten there. So it's kind of like, I mean, there's three categories basically. It's subject to change and try at your own risk. Yeah, and it'll probably also change. Casey, probably I feel like week. we didn't answer your question, so if you want to clarify, please do. I'm sorry that we skipped over you. How would you structure dynamic remarketing from Dennis Thomas? This is something we're actually testing to see what works well. I don't want to give an answer knowing that it doesn't work yet, but it's something that's we're testing the most effective way to run dynamic. That's my answer. All right. But John has turned off dynamic remarketing on his accounts because it isn't working for him. I'm what? still testing stuff. Yeah. He's the one that told us we had to run dynamic remarketing. He changed his mind. Stop changing his mind. <laughs> I go and I shoot videos. I need, I need this thing to stay true. Because <laughs> I'm missing a recorder. So what I said about dynamic yeah. remarketing. You're not so often, like, now listen. Uh, <laughs> Max Vanders. Hey, guys, is there any situation where you want to run multiple PMAX? For example, very different margin levels between categories. Um, we don't like running multiple PMAX. Yeah. Go ahead, F.A. Sorry. My example, like. I did this one time, and the reason was there was a hero product that was not generating the goal. The goal was 3x. That hero product was generating 2x with the budget I'm giving, and it was exhausting all the budget. So I had to put it in a different PMAX campaign to save the others and still advertise on it. So, so it works in some cases. Yeah, our SOP right now, Max, is all products in one PMAX campaign. And then, FA, I like the, the point that you made earlier as well, as far as the cross-pollination of what they click on and what they buy, not necessarily being the same thing. And then we're not able to take advantage of that in dual PMAX. We uh, start with all products with one, and then it's just judgment. Hey, Arms of Andy says, gracias, FA. And FA means Boston Spanish. Yeah, it's FA. I'm FA. FA yeah. <laughs> John Rolo, uh, I guess I want to see if there's any way to not lose out on the leads from the five current smart shopping campaigns when I pause them. I may not be able to avoid that. No, man, it sounds like you're going to have to pick one. Yep. Sorry, dude. Here's a better question from John Rolo, though. I've heard you guys discuss the concept of bottom-up funnel before. Would starting a new account with a Performance Max campaign and then creating search campaigns around that be a good example of that in action? Yeah, I think that'd be effective. Creating yeah. bottom-up funnel keywords in a search intent and then Pmax in parallel to it. Something just occurred to me for John too. Smart shopping is being phased out anyway. So here's what's going to happen with your smart shopping accounts is Google's going to upgrade them into performance max. Oh, yeah. And it's going to burn through its 
prior list. And so what I would do is don't touch a damn thing. Let smart shopping get upgraded into performance max. It'll run its course as soon as the performance dies and it will then kill it. And then Google consolidates it for you. And then you get to choose the one that died the least and then create a new performance max campaign using everything that works in the smart shopping campaign. Poke holes in that fellas. Yeah, no, I think that's a good idea. Keep your smart shopping all six of them. Just upgrade them later. Yeah, and y'all, that's a note for everybody. Google's going to upgrade smart shopping to Performance Max between July and September. I thought it was July 1, y'all. They're phasing it in. Did you yeah. That? yeah, I saw that. When they phase in the upgrade, don't make any of the changes that they recommend making because doing so is going to reset it entirely and you're going to lose your legacy audience. Yeah. Guys, I'm actually kind of for the thought that if you're smart shop, like at this point, if your smart shopping is doing well and you want to upgrade to Pmax, don't wait for Google to make you do it and then I just upgrade that. it. That's right. Yeah, it's really well. Stated. You'll avoid the learning curve of Pmax, I hope. I think. Arms of Andy says, our differentiation is sustainable, biodegradable clothing with no plastic, no polyesters. Maybe Etsy and Pinterest would be other good channels to run alongside Pmax. Yeah, that's my point. That's why I say YouTube, because you cannot sell sustainable and that biodegradable clothing with search. You're going to have to put it in the description, but nobody reads descriptions. You cannot show that in shopping. So you have to showcase that on YouTube and hope people will remember you. You will grab people's attention and people go search for your brand. I'm going to add on to that. Make sure whatever you're sending from Etsy, Pinterest is extremely good traffic because depending mm. on the traffic you send from other channels, it affects your Pmax campaign and it affects it significantly. If it's good traffic, your Pmax will be amazing. If it's bad traffic, a good Pmax will die. Jay, smart remarketing showed zero conversions on $400 a day spend then suddenly shows 16 conversions three days later after rechecking any thoughts. Delayed attribution. Yeah. Yeah. So Convergent. guys, guys, if you're remarket, when you turn off remarketing, make sure you check everything. So we use Nordbeam, just like Kasim said, and Google does an absolute shit job at telling us whether that campaign had a part to play with the conversion or not. And we have a camp, we have some very top of funnel YouTube campaigns running that show zero view through and zero conversions. And we spent $600, but on Nordbeam, it shows $600 spent and almost six grand generated in total. So make sure, I know you guys don't have access to all the tools, but go into your Shopify search, check your numbers, check how what changed, do like a thorough investigation of everything that's happened since you launched it before you decide to turn it off. It may not be reflecting it in Google, but it may, but indirectly, you might have increased your revenue. Steve Babulo, you recommended running a remarketing campaign with Pmax when you're ready to scale. Why not start remarketing plus Pmax from the very start? I think that's what we're saying, Steve, is we mm -hmm. want remarketing right out of the gate. Yep. Casey Snow. Two Pmax campaigns towards the same products, all different audience signals, but one goes to a specific landing page and offer with URL expansion off. The other has URL expansion. How much will they compete? A lot. I've actually run Pmax campaign with the same products to at the same time. It's weird because the keywords that they go for, they just compete for the same stuff. So they compete a lot with one another. Like one week, one Pmax will be absolutely killing it and the other one dips. The next week, the other one will be killing it and the other one dips. I haven't seen it work continuously well at the same time for the same product the new one will start good you're gonna get excited yeah. you'll think that okay i i hit the jackpot like this is amazing after two weeks bam both guys yeah hey i said steve's name perfectly look at that dave says <laughs> i think the paid subs should get a free north beam account dave i don't get a freaking free north beam account that would be nice though real quick i want to give a shout out to all of our new members courtland maxfield julian hoffman benjamin miller 
Oana Glavin and Knox1315, thank you for joining and being members of the Solution Date channel. We appreciate you. We appreciate your money more. John Rolo. <laughs> we appreciate you, but money more. Yeah, we like those $3. I think it's $10 at the peak of it. Would you guys say that Google underreports conversions generated from display and YouTube campaigns when they aren't last clicked? Dude, John, by like, yes, I, I think Google drops 30 to 40% of its touches. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 100%. I remember a couple of years ago, Google came out and said that 30% of all conversions were what they called assisted conversions, which are basically conversions that could have been attributed to Google, but they can't prove it. And then what we're seeing inside of Northbeam is it's crazy. And I'm not trying to push Northbeam too hard because I do think there are other attribution tools that can articulate something close to the same level of truth, but without a reconciliation tool that's really capturing first party data and then reconciling that data against conversion. You don't know what people started, where they started, what touched them in the middle and where they ended and what other channels were involved. Cause let's say you're selling clothing. If you sell 10 items today and you're running Google and Facebook, Google's going to say, Oh, we sold eight of those. Facebook's going to say, we sold eight of those. So you're going to have 16 items accounted for, but only 10 items sold. And here's the crazy part is they're both right but you don't know who's right to what extent. I mean, Facebook's remarketing and Google's remarketing both played a role, but who gets more credit? And that's why you go use an attribution software and it's subjective. You actually tell the attribution software where you wanna give the credit and to what degree and what percentage, and you're probably wrong. So you wanna test your assumptions like everything. But I think attribution is really the problem that needs to be solved. And whoever solves that, like that's a billion dollar business right there. If Google solves that problem, it's gonna throw a bunch of companies out of business. Yeah, but they can't because Google's attribution is always going to be Google centric and specific. They're, they're too, they're just going to be, too, yep. I don't want to say too greedy. They have, they have too much of their own data and not enough of other people's. Yeah. Makes sense. Arms of Andes. Thanks for the answer. Could you please expand on sending traffic from Etsy and negatively affecting your PMAX campaign? Your traffic is going to affect it because you're still going to remarket to those customers. So bad traffic is just going to mean you're spending money on useless people. Julian Hoffman. Hey guys, I started a PMAX campaign a week ago with one asset group with three different audience signals. I spend 30 euros a day. It performs well. ROAS is five. Can I spend more now or should I wait? I love how he said it's at a five ROAS. Well then, you're in for a surprise because there's about to be a dip. <laughs> 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 no, don't increase it yet. Wait 45 to 60 days and start increasing like 20, 15, 20% every two to three weeks. And did so you check the search themes? Like it's five X with pure yeah. non-branded. John Rollo. Because we're running out of questions. Could you explain the concept of Google maximizing the value of their inventory to me like I'm five? Yes. Google's inventory is you. So the search network is the easiest, I think, to compartmentalize because every time somebody searches, think of that as inventory in the store for Google. That's something that they get to sell. And the thing about that inventory is it's fleeting. Like when FA searches, Google can deliver ads, but they can only deliver ads that are available and accessible for that search in that moment if the ads apply to that search in real time. That's why Google's expanding the ads that they'll place against searches. Google's display-based inventory is the majority of their inventory to the tune of like 90 to 95%. Up until Performance Max rolled out, Google didn't have a hyper-effective way to sell that inventory. So there were people running display-based campaigns, but Google wasn't allowing for the targeting and segmentation that they're currently allowing. And so what's really interesting is if I, and I've only ever lost money in the stock market, but if I were one of those guys that tells people what to buy and when, I'd tell you to go buy Google because Google just found a way to maximize the value of like 95% of their inventory. The reason you always hear me bitching about Google wanting to maximize the value of its inventory with us is if you think Qasim, F.A. and Osama all have Google Ads agencies, competing Google Ads agencies, let's say, and we're all running Google Ads. What would ultimately happen in a meritocratic environment 
is one of us would get 80% of the customers and the other two would share the remaining 20% of the customers and probably burn off. Well, that's not good for Google because it loses advertisers. It wants to be able to stack advertisers over time. What Google wants is to take its inventory, split it amongst us based off of what we're willing to pay, which is based off of what we make, which is why Google wants to see the value of a conversion. And if they split their inventory between us, not in a meritocratic way, but in a egalitarian way, they're actually going to be able to get us to spend more money for that inventory. It's the reason everybody thinks Google's an auction. It's no longer an auction because they have these price fixed minimums based off of what you're willing to pay. It's quite literally the most efficient form of price fixing in the market, period. It's everything that everybody would speak out against if you talked about what happens when somebody has an absolute complete and total monopoly. Google can see everybody who's willing to spend in the market, what it is that they're willing to spend, how much they make, and how much available inventory there is. So instead of putting the market in a position to where the cream is going to rise to the top and you have the standard Pareto distribution, which happens in every organic market, Google is algorithmically segmenting the inventory to advertisers in a way that maximizes the value of their inventory. I realized that I didn't explain that like you were five. I'm sorry, but that was the best I could do. I'd love to know. Would you all add anything to that? Nope. Yeah, you definitely didn't explain it like he is five. The words you use. That's the best I could do, FA. Dave Vogel says, that if Google drops its touches, does that mean it doesn't report all conversions or just not how many touches, it, how many places it touches before the conversion? Dave, to me, that means that Google doesn't know everything that happens between the, the first click and the last click. Mm -hmm. And it'll drop last click. And you can see that if you ever look at uh, conversions inside of analytics, especially in the not provided provisions. Arms of Andes, Amazon is also expanding on verifying sustainable brands. Which mediums in your experience work best with PMAX? We're currently looking at Pinterest, Etsy, Amazon, and eBay. We answered this. Kind of. I mean, you're going to have to test somebody. There's no right answer. It's yeah, it's also dependent on your brand, price. too. Yeah. Dennis Thomas, some of my Shopify stores have an extreme gap between track conversions and actual conversions. Google Shopping only traffic source. How do I know if the tracking is accurate? Dennis, go get an a third-party tracking tool. I like Northbeam. I own 1% of Northbeam, so I am partial. And he said there's an extreme gap. Go look at conversions by conversion time. Oh, there you go. Dave says... We've got three minutes. If you tell it where to give you the attribution and you're probably wrong, why use it? Because being a little wrong or even medium wrong is way better than being all the way wrong. And so at least you'd have something. Steve, is it possible to have too many asset groups per campaign? I currently have 96 asset groups based on 12. What are you spending, Steve? And the answer to that is you can never have too many asset groups. <laughs> Osama had 156 asset groups. He was forced to create two PMAX campaigns. Like I was going to say, because it's limited to 100 per, right? Yes. Yeah. I had to create two. Oh, hey, somebody gave us 10 bucks. Nice. Toy Schnip, thank you. Any suggestions on what to do? E-commerce PMAX campaign is Father's Day buyers decrease. Will it automatically scale down spend due to low ROAS? I'm using ROAS targets. Yeah, it should correct itself soon. What about seasonality adjustments? Do you guys use that at all? I just let PMAX do its thing. It get dips for a bit and then it figures it out. Okay. Steve, when you're not spending enough at $100 a day. Like, let Google do his own thing, okay? Just try to guide the AI, okay? Do not try to <laughs> go do this. Don't do that. Don't try to game the system. Yeah. I think we answered Steve's question already. Yeah. Steve Osama says you're not spending enough. You got to go spend more money. Max Vanders gave Arms of Andy's a really good tip, by the way. All right, very last question. 
Jay, do the URL targeting options people who visited URLs like, including URLs that have GA on them? Wondering how Google knows someone visited a page. That's our assumption. Google hasn't told us, but if Google Analytics is installed, my assumption is Google is cataloging every single thing that every human has ever done on that page ever for their entire life. By the way, we are having a hard time explaining this to the clients. It's people who are similar to go to. Like you're not exactly targeting those people, right? So you have a competitor, you put that custom URL in targeting. You're not targeting the people who visit that, that page, right? You're targeting people who are likely to visit that page. It's, it's more like a lookalike audiences for that. Right, it's not exact. It's a polite suggestion. One of the things we did is we targeted specific URLs, but we didn't use the URLs like we used the custom audiences. And then we targeted specific login URLs. We did this for SharpSpring users. And it was nuts how well it worked. The CEO of SharpSpring reached out to the CEO of high level because we were doing it as go high level affiliates. And he sent him like a WTF email. He was like, dude, what are you doing? Like we're going straight at him. We're the fourth highest ranked high level affiliate. And that was the largest acquisition strategy we ran was just going after sharp spring users based off of who's going to that login page. We did it. We're a minute over. Y'all appreciate everybody as always. Thanks for showing up. F.A. Nusoma, thanks for filling in for John. Appreciate you guys. Subscribe to our YouTube channel and we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to the Google Ads podcast. For more ways to grow your business with Google Ads, you can subscribe to the Solutions 8 YouTube channel. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend. And if you'd like to work with the best Google Ads agency in the world, you can visit Solutions8 at sol8.com. Custom here. If you're running Google Ads, even if your campaigns are successful, my years of experience have taught me that there are almost always enormous improvement opportunities. Now, what if the best Google Ads agency in the world was willing to review your Google Ads campaigns for free and provide you with a comprehensive action plan, no cost or obligation. Notice, I didn't say audit or evaluation. I said action plan, a bullet point by bullet point breakdown of exactly what needs to be done to improve your Google Ads campaigns. Yours to keep, no cost or obligation. Head over to solate.com to get a free Google Ads action plan customized for your business. No strings attached. That's sol8.com, sol8.com.